Welcome to Truth Unbound, and I'm your host, Walter Swain. Have you ever heard something said to you like this, or maybe you've even said something like this? For instance, God will never give us more than we can handle. Or how about this one? Everything happens for a reason. Oh, and there's, there's so many more. We, we call these Christian cliches. Now, sometimes cliches become cliched because, well, they're just so often correct. But when it comes to biblical thinking, they're not quite correct. Now, a lot of times these phrases are said with good intentions and trying to make sense out of what's going on, especially these are said during tragedies most of the time. But again, are they really the way God wants us to think about what's happening and how we should respond to them? Well, that's what we're going to check in today. In fact, our first one's going to be that one that I mentioned first. God won't give you more than you can handle. Is that true? We're going to find out right now. Hey, once again, I'm really glad you're here with me today at Truth Unbound and this podcast. And what we do at Truth Unbound is we take the issues, trends, uh, things that are happening in our culture, society, in the church, questions about the Bible, trends that are going on in theology. And we, we take these things that concern us or that come up and we compare them to what God's word says plainly and to see how we are to understand, uh, believe, and to respond to each one of them in a biblical way, in a way that God wants us to. So if this is happening more in your life uh, because of Truth Unbound, then would you click on like and then also click to uh, also to subscribe or to follow the podcast as well, and then share it, share a link, send a link by text or on your social media uh, accounts and, and let everybody know about Truth Unbound so that the Truth Unbound family can grow, uh, that more can get noticed by it as well and find it, discover it and learn themselves and grow in their faith. And I really appreciate if you do that. Now let's get to that question. Does God really give you more than you can handle? All right. So again, these Christian statements or cliches that are often repeated just almost like a muscle reaction to circumstances, are they really accurate biblically? So, and again, sometimes they're done out of well intentions, uh, good intentions. They're, they're out of a pure heart wanting to encourage somebody or just to try to make sense again, as we said before, make sense of what's going on around us or, or happening to us or to someone we love. But in actuality, when these cliches are used and they're not really truly what God is teaching us, then what happens is it stunts our growth in our Christian faith. We begin to live by this little mini theology, if you will, inside uh, what is actually to be true theology or understanding of the Bible in these circumstances. It gives us a superficial knowledge. Maybe that's a better way of putting it, of God's word. Uh, yet we live by them. We live by these cliches often, or we try to invite others to do the same when it really might be taking them farther away from God's truth or can even make them bitter about God and uh, the Christian faith that they once accepted and walked in and lived in. Well, today, again, God won't give you more than you can handle. Is that what it really means? Or where does that come from? Well, one of the, the verse probably that this most likely comes from, and I again, distantly comes from, is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Okay, so I think that phrase comes from this phrase in this verse where it says, God who is faithful will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Okay? So the the modern phrase, though, God will not give you more than you can handle. The translation, if you will, in our heads when we hear that or somebody else hears it when we say it, is that God will only give you so much you can handle, but not beyond that. He won't press you. you you're not going to, or can communicate this, that nothing really, really bad is going to happen to you. Okay. Now, is that true? No. <laughs> Most believers of the Bible, even in just a casual reading of verses in the scripture, you find that many, if not most believers were tested or were given more than they can handle emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Um, for instance, in Hebrews chapter 11, listen to what Hebrews 11 says. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 through 40 says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Now listen to this. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Okay, so you see what we're talking about here? This is a summary in Hebrews 11 by the writer of Hebrews that so many believers, those who put their faith in God, were given more than they could handle. In fact, for some, their lives were ended. They were martyred for their faith. Um, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Actually, that's not 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It's, 1 Corinth, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Now, 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9 says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Okay, so there's another instance where Paul the Apostle himself said, we were given way more than we could humanly handle, even to the point of death. 
that we might that we were going to be killed. Uh, we despaired even of our lives. So there we have an example of Paul himself saying this. Now, of all the examples, of course, is Jesus himself, the Son of God, God himself, but now incarnate in, in human form, who was falsely accused. He was tortured and whipped, beaten and whipped, and then crucified on the cross in our place for our sins. And so he was given way above what he could handle. He prayed for God to help him through the time because he was he was actually sweating drops of blood. He was under so much anxiety because of what was about to happen to him in just a few hours from that time in the garden when he was praying to the Father. So even Jesus himself did not spare himself from being uh, given more than he could handle. And then he told us this as well in John 16, 33. These things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, so then now Jesus tells us you're going to be given more than you can handle, humanly handle. Um, this looks like God actually does give us, the, the biblical record shows us time and time and time again that God does give believers more than they can handle. So is it we won't be given too much, or is it given trials that will break us and, and, and that are unbearable? What, what gives? Which is it? What is the true answer here? Well, the first thing you learn in interpreting the Bible is that the context of the verse and of the words, the context is king. In other words, the context is what determines what it really means. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, but actually look at its context, especially the verses before it, verses 1 through 12. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 12. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust ever after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay, so now let's look at the, the context here. Remember what we just read. You can look at it yourself if you have your Bible handy on your phone or your regular Bible handy to read this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 12 tell us in context that this is about temptation to sin, not testing in terms of difficulty, uh, difficult times or periods in their life that they must bear up under. 
Okay, so that's the context when he says, "Who will God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. He's talking about temptation to sin. Now, an interesting thing is that the word we use in English, temptation, is almost always reserved for meaning to be tempted to do the wrong thing, okay? Uh, when we say testing, uh, then that could be a difficult circumstance, something that, a challenge that we're put up against, but it's not necessarily something about sin. In the original language of the scripture here, and this would be Greek, uh, the, the same word is used for tempting, for sin, and testing is in a difficult circumstance. It's one word. It's your response to it that determines if it's one or the other. So at every instance that Paul mentions here, uh, of the different situations that the children of Israel in children of Israel were in, and then chose to sin uh, because of it. Uh, they they were in difficult circumstances. They were tested by difficult circumstances, but because of their negative response to it, they chose to make it a fall to temptation to sin. They turned away from God in each one of these circumstances, and that's why Paul is saying this. This is all written to us for our for examples to us so that we should not fall under the same temptation when we're in difficult circumstances, that we shouldn't go into sin and turn away from God while we're going through these difficult testing periods in our lives. Let me give you a couple examples. For instance, you fall on financial, you have a really difficult time with finances, Um so you're going through that, you're tested, but then now you're tempted to run and get that quick auto loan with 28 million percent interest on it, and now you can't repay it. Yeah, you paid the one bill, but now you're double, triple, four times in debt what you were originally. Or could you turn that time of financial testing in your life and difficulty to learn that to manage your money better, to begin giving to the Lord, to use a budget to not overspend, to not rely on credit cards uh, and get into the same situation again and pay off debt and then get yourself back on the right road. You see the difference there? And, uh, or you're, you're under intense anxiety. You're overwhelmed by the circumstance that you're in. You can turn to God and let that sharpen and purify and grow and strengthen your faith and reliance on him. Uh, or you can replace him with, with, with that circumstance by reaching for a bottle of, of drugs or alcohol or overeating or shopping, uh, adding on more debt. Whatever it is that you're trying, you try to fix it instead of maybe going to a good counselor or a good pastoral counseling or a, a good biblically centered Christian counselor to help you deal with the situation or your small group in church and to rely on, on stronger believers to help you through that time and to walk it through. You see, it's either a testing or it's a temptation to sin or a test testing to make your faith stronger. So when we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says, no temptation to sin is overtaken. Yeah, I'm adding to sin in there to, for understanding. No temptation has of sin, to sin has overtaken you except such as is common to man but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted to sin beyond what you're able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it there will be a way out of this so that you will not be tempted to act to, to sin and fall to that temptation to sin so he says first of all 
no temptation has overcome you that that's not common to everyone else. Okay. You're not the, cause our, our first thought is I'm the only one going through this. No one's ever gone through this like I have and am going through it. Uh, yes, they have. Yes, they have. And a lot of times, maybe even worse. Um, so Paul is saying, understand this, that you're not alone in this. You're not the only one that has gone through this. There, there, there are others who have experienced the same thing. Then he says, you won't be tested above what you are able, okay? God isn't trying to use the circumstance to break you down, to bully you into making the wrong choice, okay? Like some cat playing with a ball of yarn and just just messing with you with these horrible circumstances so that you'll sin. He says, no, he's not doing that. He's not going to do that kind of thing to you to break you down beyond you what you are able, but you'll have a way of escape. It's a nautical term in the original language. It was a nautical term for a way out to another landing point away from the storm. And so God will guide you through and out of this time of testing so that you will not be tempted to do evil. Okay, and so that he says that way you'll be able to bear it, you'll be able to endure it, you'll follow him and his direction, and the circumstance will not eat you alive. Let me give you one more quick example of what Paul is talking about here from his own experience in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, so we don't know exactly what the actual thing was that was his thorn in the flesh, but it was, it was heavy on him. It, hurt, it was hurting and it was difficult. We don't know if it was physical or spiritual. Either way, he recognized that the force behind it was demonic. And he had asked God, begged God, three times he remembers specifically, to take it away from him. But God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, my grace is enough. Well, the grace we often think of in, in the terms of just being for our salvation. God extends his grace in response to our faith and gives us salvation. Um, but that's not all it, all it means. It's also used as a broader term for God's unending care and attention and provision uh, and presence through whatever it is we're going through. Okay? So that's what he means by his grace. It's the overall broader term that God's providing and giving attention and caring and being present with him through the whole thing. And he says, uh, you know, this is, this is enough for you. And we've got to learn that as believers. So that when we are given more than we can handle, God's designed that to allow that to happen so that our strength is made stronger and the glory is given to God and not to us. You know, I want to control the outcome to everything always, right? That's how we naturally react. I want to control everything and make sure it all comes out right. Uh, when in reality, we can't do that. Only God controls outcomes, okay? 
So Paul is saying, I'm almost broken, but I keep releasing control of this to God. And his grace covers me. It strengthens for me. He's providing for me. He sends people who love and encourage me. And God truly receives the full credit he alone deserves. And I am more at ease because I know he has everything under control. That's what he means. So, my friend, going back to the original question once, once more, does God give us more than we can handle? Yes, he does. And yes, he will. But what we understand now from the scriptures that it, God will not leave us alone. His grace will be sufficient. His presence, his provision, his love, his mercy, uh, the, the providing of people around you that love you, that know the Lord and love the Lord to support you during that time. And times when you feel alone, you're really not. All of this together is God's grace. He provides and loves and he's present with you. And he will give you a way through and out so it doesn't break you down. But yes, he'll give you more than you can handle. But he does that so that you will rely on him more, that your strength, your faith is strengthened and that he has given the glory and people are drawn to him for salvation. Well, my friend, I hope that this has helped a little bit to understand a little more about this. And uh, just remember to hit like and also to follow the podcast, to also subscribe and then also share the podcast with everyone you know. And remember to follow Jesus because when you follow Jesus, you'll always follow the truth. Thank you.